for people to be able to come up. And we have said, please do, if you feel God's saying anything, do email or uh, uh, WhatsApp them in to, to Steve, um, and then we'll bring them on a Sunday. Um, but there is one thing that was said last week, and it's, it's, it's come up a number of times, and that's the picture that we're going to use for, I dare I say, a game. This could go horribly wrong, couldn't it? But we're going to have a go at another game called Spot the Difference. I don't know if we can have the first picture up, please, Paul. And we will see how this works. Okay, so I'm going to give you another picture in a minute. But at the moment, you have a picture. So have a look at it really carefully because you're going to have to spot the difference between this one and the next one. There was a picture that we were given as a church, prophetic picture, that was to do with a sailing boat, to do with the fact that we had sorted out the sails over the lockdown period. We're unfurling the sails as the wind of the Spirit is moving us. So just have a look at that one. Have you got it in your mind? Got it all there? Okay, let's try the next one and see what differences you can see. laugh at me. I tried to make it similar. Well, I d- do you know what? In some ways, I think God's been talk to, talking to me about us being a warship, not just a sailing boat. So what are those differences that you notice? Have a good look. What are those? What do you, how many can you count the differences, the different ideas, the different thoughts, the different roles that you have? What are those different roles that happen on a sailing boat? I know you've got your hand up, and I'd love to take your answer, but I can't, can I? So what you have to do is whisper it in your family. Oh, there we go. Mel's just shaking her head. I wonder what, what question that was. That sounds brilliant. Okay, so I wonder what the thoughts you had. If you want to flick to the next slide, these are one of my thoughts on what I thought might be different. I can't see them, of course. But actually, a sailing boat is really good on a calm sea. Once it gets choppy, if you've ever been sailing in a choppy sea, it's quite fun, but it's quite something. Um, The difference between sails and an engine, the engine room. Um, We've got the idea, I don't saw the uh, the other one, there were lots of people just standing there having a holiday, which is lovely, isn't it? Just sailing along, having a holiday. But sometimes as a church, and maybe in the next season as a church, We need to be thinking about, what can I do? What's my role here to take the church forward to make a difference in Herne Bay and the surrounding area? What else have we got? Weapons and cannons, the weapons of our warfare, are not human, but mighty in God. That's a song, isn't it? Um, Where are we? Lifeboats on the warship. They're actually often warships now. They're used for rescuing people in difficult situations. I don't know when the last time a warship was actually used for any kind of offence. Maybe it was the Falklands War all the way back there. But a lot of our warships are using for rescuing people. Um, And, uh, yeah, what's the purpose for those? Anyway, those are my thoughts. I don't know if it's a game, but it gets us thinking a little bit about the future. Okay, so we now have a video So I hope you'll all appreciate it, but I think anybody in primary years will particularly appreciate the video. How are we doing? Can we? Fantastic. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we just uh, 
As we come to your word now, Lord, we want to be touched and encouraged and blessed. Lord, all of us, Lord, we pray uh, for the young people, Lord, for the children, for us. Lord, that you would speak to us. Um, speak to us through your word, Lord Jesus. Speak to us by the power of your spirit. Lord Jesus, give us hearts to hear what you're saying to us individually and as a church. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. First part over. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to read the passage in a minute. Just remembering uh, John's amazing word last week on loving your enemies. That's the context of the passage that I'm going to read. And it's Luke 6, verse 37 to 45 from the Sermon on the Mount. light's slightly strange here, so if I tip it towards you, it's not that my eyes are going, or oh, I need new glasses, it's just that I'm, uh... right, so judge not, and you will not be judged, condemn not, and you'll not be condemned, forgive, I don't know, forgive, and you will be forgiven, give, and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see a speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye. When you, do, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of that which is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. Okay, I'm just going to talk briefly this morning. I'm going to split it into those three paragraphs. So the first paragraph is the one that is entitled, Judge Not, and You Will Not Be Judged. It's one of those passages you'll hear quoted, and often may be quoted at you when you say something. I've been thinking about this passage this week, and it's kind of affected me. I've begun to think, am I judging? What does judging mean? In fact, I've even quoted it a couple of times, not very helpfully. As you can imagine, if you quote it in slightly the wrong place. But it is one of those you hear about a lot, isn't it? It's, well no, it's a well-known passage. And uh, so my advice to you is not to quote it a lot. I don't know what you think about um, the uh, lockdown and the way that it's affected our society. But actually, we've in some way, I think, become a bit more judgmental. I could say one or two words now, and I know everyone here would have a strong opinion on them. I could say Brexit. And suddenly, you have strong opinions, and everybody 
is absolutely right in their own opinion. I could say the name of a politician. I wouldn't dare do that because this is going to be recorded. <laughs> Honestly, not going to do one. But you know who I mean. And everybody would have a strong opinion and they would always be right. And you could talk about lots of different things. Often now when you go out uh, for a meal with somebody, you think, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't talk about that topic because I don't know what they think. We have become a bit more judgmental as a society. Do you agree with me? You can nod. Yeah, we have, haven't we? Strange. It really is strange. And I know from the pandemic, we're all coming from different places. We all feel slightly differently. Maybe some of us had a mad rush, like me in my workplace and many others who work in schools. It's been really busy. For other people, it's been really quiet. And you've kind of wondered what the purposes are in life. And maybe for other people, it's been that longing to see family that you missed out for some people well over a year. You think, oh, I just want to see my family. You have that kind of ache. And now as a church, we're all coming back together, which is absolutely fantastic. But what does not judging mean? Let me go back to that. Because it can be quoted a lot. And I think the video put it really well when it says, not being judgmental. Not being overcritical not being unfairly critical, not maybe labelling people in certain ways. It's interesting because we are told in the Bible that we should have sober judgment. It doesn't mean we don't use our brains anymore. It doesn't mean we don't evaluate and think about things and think about other people and act in certain ways. Absolutely not. But we just need to think about ourselves and that idea, idea of judgmentalism. Psalm uh, 133 verse 1 says this, Behold, how good it is and good and pleasant when brothers dwell together in unity. How important it is for us in the church to dwell together in unity, to think the best of each other. Colossians 4 verse 6 says this, Let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. But we don't want to be those, do we, that are judgmental, but we do want to be those that have a good mind and a good thought. Let me give you an example. I apologise for parents for this one. You might, after this, be going out onto the seafront as a family. You might offer the children ice creams. Sorry, parents. No, we wouldn't offer ice creams. Absolutely not. But you might offer... Oh dear, I'm in trouble again. You might offer ice creams. And one of your children might say, no, I don't want an ice cream. And another one maybe say, yes, I want an ice cream. And so that one, maybe the younger one, takes their ice cream down to the beach, starts licking it, and the other one says, oh dear, I really wanted an ice cream. Steals it. Not a good idea. Just so you know, I'm not recommending it. Steals it and has a big lick. Now, you could say that as a parent, by saying you've done the wrong thing, you have stolen that, that you are being, you are judging, couldn't you? Because you're making a judgment. But I don't think that's right. I think that's sober judgment, that's sensible. Disciplining children is important, isn't it? So they grow up in the fear of the Lord. So that is really important. But there might be an element of judgmentalism that you could then say afterwards, you always take things from your brother or sister. 
you are a thief. You never eat ice cream. There's an element of judgmentalism of not being fair because, of course, if you see an ice cream next to you, your first thought, maybe it's just mine, is, oh, I wonder if I can have one. Isn't it? So there's that element of sober judgment, being sensible, having common sense, but not judging and being overly judgmental. Okay. That's why it didn't make any sense. I put my notes out of order. There we go. Now, let's write. Okay, paragraph two. Let's have a look at that. This makes much more sense. Uh, paragraph two said, he also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Okay. <clears throat> I thought I would bring a log with me. Well, something to make sure. The trouble is, of course, I can't see you when I'm doing this, and it's good to see your lovely faces, but you want to imagine that as Jesus was walking around, he picked up something. He was a comedian often, wasn't he? To make a point. And he would be picking up something like this and wandering around. It might be longer and switching around rather like Laurel and Hardy. You can imagine it, can't you? And saying, what about if I had this in my eye? How can I see the speck of dust? Bev, I don't think I can see your eye because I've got this here. You can imagine, can't you? This log in your eye, the stick that was in the thing, blocking what you can see. And it's interesting, it links with that idea of being hypocritical. It's amazing, isn't it? Sometimes I think the people who sense hypocrisy most are teenagers. Maybe that's just because I work in a school. But they just have this sense, don't they? They have this, wait a minute, but you said that then, and you're now doing this. That isn't fair. Maybe completely different, maybe six years difference in time. But they get a sense of what's hypocritical. Teenagers are so good at seeing that. But us in church, we're never like that, are we? We're just, we're just never like that. We always are very humble, and we look at ourselves. We don't ever have anything in our eyes. Interestingly, let me just read. It says here, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye? Talking about brothers. Jesus was talking about brothers. He was talking to the believers. He was talking to the church primarily here, about having a log that was in their eye and being critical, being judgmental of others. And he's speaking to us, I think, in this time. I don't know how you're feeling. I know God's really spoken to me this week about whether I've got a plank in my eye about various things. They're things that really annoy me sometimes. Maybe it's just me. But it's just about saying, okay, I've got to recognize that maybe. Recognize that in my own heart and you recognizing that in yours. If that's the case, maybe, maybe it isn't. And this can often happen in the best 
of families and in the best of marriages. Artie Kendall, and this is quite a, a tough comment, so I've used it from him, in the Sermon on the Mount, says he reads this passage every day in order to keep his heart humble. Interesting. put it down before I hit somebody with it. Right, okay, so paragraph three says, for no tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a tree, a bad tree, sorry, let me get it right. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of his, of the heart, his mouth speaks. I don't know how you felt coming out of lockdown, coming from those different perspectives, but I was listening to something about C.S. Lewis and he said, coming out of the First World War, he wrote a book about people's feelings. And he said there were three main feelings that people had coming out of the First World War and the horrors of that and coming, trying to come back into normal life. A bit more extreme than we're doing with COVID, but we can sense that. And he said there were three things people were feeling. Number one was frustration. I just want to be normal. What are we doing with these masks? Why do we have to be? Just, I just want to get back to normal. That sense of frustration. The second from him was a sense of excitement. And I don't know about you, but my heart jumped when I met people this morning. My heart jumps with the opportunities of what God is doing with us over the next patch. And of course, the third of them was fear. The fear of the unknown, the fear of the future, the fear of what might happen. And as we come back together and we have that opportunity, we will all have those different feelings in us, won't we? And we want to recognize those in us, recognize our hearts, and we want to have a good heart, because sometimes maybe those can reflect in a plank or two, just blocking us and making me think, ooh, you look at that person over there. They're really struggling. They've changed a bit. Okay, just uh, in terms of concluding, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7, that was often ob obviously read, written for the church. And it says this, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I wonder whether just for a moment, we just spend a little bit of time quietly with God. Just maybe coming to the cross, coming to our Father, who we know forgives us, Maybe just allowing him to search our hearts, maybe confessing anything 
that comes for us. Because we want to be, don't we, a church that goes forward, that is known for the deep love we have for one another and then share abroad in Herne Bay and the rest of our community. We want to come to the cross now to meet our Heavenly Father who forgives all our sins. He knows us intimately and has the really very best for us as we come to him. I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, we just come to you now with our hearts, Lord, our hopes and our dreams for the future. Lord, we come to you knowing, Lord, sometimes we slip up. And Lord, we just want to say we're sorry for where we feel we've done that. And Lord, just to commit ourselves to moving on with you. Lord, we don't want to be stuck in patterns of thoughts or whatever. Lord, we want to move forward in you to be the church that you've called us to be, to be the people that you've called us to be, to serve you, Lord Jesus, wholeheartedly with a 100% commitment for the rest of our lives. Lord, we commit ourselves to you afresh. We say, Lord, blow the wind of our sails, Lord. Break through by the power of your spirit. Lord, we want to see more and more of the movement of your spirit in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen.